0: Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado.
1: What's going on, folks? This is Rob from Striking Gold. I wanted to talk to you guys real quick about a podcast that Blue Wire is bringing up called On the Hook. Abner Mattis is a world champion boxer, Olympian, sports commentator, and most importantly, dad to two little girls. Beloved by abuelas and hardcore fans alike, Abner is a pro at entertaining the world both in and out of the ring. On Blue Wire's new podcast, On the Hook, with Abner Mattis, we'll hear from Abner, his family, fellow athletes, and other people who made him the boxer and the man he is today. They're going to chat about topics like the state of boxing, Abner's journey from a kid on the streets to boxing champ, sports, music, culture, family life. It's all in there. Listen to On the Hook with Abner Modis wherever you get your podcast. Episodes in English are out on Tuesdays and episodes in Spanish are out on Wednesdays.
0: England sending QB Jimmy Garoppolo to 49ers. We believe we found the right guy. Garoppolo, quick pass, caught by Kittle. He died, and he did. Touchdown, 49ers. Kittle, he's gonna go! Touchdown! All
1: right, we're back. Welcome to Striking Gold, your 49ers pot on the Blue Wire Network. This week's episode is sponsored by Indeed, Pepsi, and Online. My name is Rob Lauder. I cover the 49ers for the Blue Wire Network. And joining me tonight is my co-host, former NFL defensive back, inventor of the phrase, air that hoe out, Eric Crocker. What's up, bro? <laughs>
2: What's up? Hey, you, do you like that? You like that air that hoe out?
1: I mean, I'm not sure if the ladies like it, but I like it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's
2: like when when me and my buddies So, a lot of times I tweet Okay, hold on, let me start over. I <laughs> I don't consider myself like a media person, right? Um, so uh, and sometimes I try to, you know, be like politically correct with, you know, the words I use on Twitter and stuff and I try not to be too like uh vulgar or anything, but Sometimes I just have to tweet how I talk and you know, me and my buddies, me and my homies like that's how we talk, like like damn, he aired that whole out. Like, you know, it was like deep. So when I see it, that's the first thing that came to my mind. And um with Daniel Jones, it was just like, he will air air that whole out. Like he will mm-hmm. like let it fly. And um ever since I tweeted that out, he has let it fly. And uh I think people are starting to take notice. There were some people that had him like a Around four guy, I think he's starting to creep up a little bit at people's drafts, draft boards. That's somebody to keep an eye on.
1: Who is that? Were you talking about the guy from Alabama?
2: Yeah, Mac Jones.
1: Okay, got it, got it. I think you said Daniel Jones first. Oh my the, bad, Jones, the Giants Jones, quarterback. Mac I Jones. was like, I was like, hey man, Daniel Jones will air it out too. That's cool.
2: My bad, yeah, but yeah, Mac Jones. Now Mac Jones is a little bit less athletic, in my yeah. opinion. He's less athletic, but uh, yeah, he will air that hole out. Mac Jones, sorry about. <laughs>
1: Well, Alabama I mean, you're doing sport, your, your, your Crocker Report stuff. You're doing your, your Scouting Academy stuff. So, I mean, as long as as long as long air that hoe out, ends up in a Scouting <laughs> Report somewhere, then I will be proud. You know, yeah, they have,
2: like, sport. all these, like, Scouting Terms, man. They definitely – and I've gotten a lot of, like, those tweets where they're like, I have to add this to my Scouting Terms.
1: <laughs> <You're> <laughs> i got a bunch of people it.
2: saying that. I'm like, yeah, man, it's a must. That a I mean,
1: you gotta you gotta explain it. You know, the person reading reading your scouting report, you got to explain it in a way you know that they're gonna understand it. So, I mean, if 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 they if they don't understand, air that hoe out. Then they don't deserve to be reading your scouting reports anyway.
2: Right. Exactly. You that's know? how I felt about it too. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, if if I mean, if it's some scrub from the 49ers scouting department that's interested in bringing you on as a, as a scout and he can't appreciate, air that hoe out, then you don't want to work for the 49ers anyways.
2: Ah, Right. Like, they're not for they're, me. They're not for me then. They're not.
1: not or as you would say, <laughs> cover the kids' ears. They don't fuck with you. They can't yeah, fuck with
2: man. you. Yeah, man. Yeah, you know, they can't fuck with me. If they keep get <laughs> down with air that hoe
1: out. I know. I know. <laughs> it ain't for them. This life ain't for them. But anyways. Anyways. I had, I had an, a, a fun day. Dude, I took like... And this is like one of the first times I've done this coaching. I took my my whiteouts that I'm expected to coach, and I dude, I just sat there for like 20 minutes and just explained to them what I was going to expect from them. You know what I mean? Like not showing them, not coaching them routes, I'm not showing them technique, I'm not teaching them a play. All I did was just sit them down. We all sat there on the grass, and I just talked about what I'm going to expect of them. And I think it went over really well.
2: You know, that's really good too because and and. I think you should not only have that conversation with them, but with their parents as well, because a lot of times the parents think, well, my son should be doing this or my son should be, you know, playing more this and that. But it's like, look, you know, I laid out the expectations for not just your son, but you know, all the receivers, they all got the same pep talk. All the parents heard the same pep talk and it was my expectations. And right now, you know, ask your son, is he doing X, Y, and Z? And If he's not, that's the reason why he's not playing as much. So, yeah, I, I would not only have that conversation with them, but their parents as well.
1: That's a good idea. That's a good idea. I mean, normally, you know, the the head coach is the one that's kind of doing that, and I and I'm just a position coach. Mm-hmm. And I've even been offered the head coach position multiple times because there's a eighth grade head coach and then there's a seventh grade head coach. And I just don't want to do it. Like I'm I don't have time for that. We I got the pod. You know, I do my streaming video game stuff every now and then. I got some other stuff going on. I'm a full time teacher. Like man, I don't want to. Because if I'm going to be a head coach, I want to do a good job. You know. Yeah, like, you got to go all in. You got to go all in. I want to give those kids every ounce of energy I can give them, and if I don't out the gate, if I don't feel like I can do that, then I'm not even gonna, I'm not even gonna accept accept it. Like I don't want it because I, that's that's what it takes, you know.
2: I think what you're saying is like very important. There's a lot of people that think like, you know, because somebody, you know, we'll say like Dante Whitner, right? I see a lot of Fortnite fans like, oh man, like he needs to be coaching the secondary, but it's like he might not want to coach the secondary. Like there is a lot of stress that goes into coaching, especially at the NFL level, college level, NFL level. Like you're there all day. I think I saw something where we were heard on Billitech. I mean he keeps guys there from like six A. M. to two AM or some crazy crap like that. You yeah. Might that's well, like might some well of the old school there. coaches. Right. I mean that's more like old school coaching and stuff like that. Most uh I'd say probably half the league isn't doing that. But I think like John Gruden, he expects his guys to be putting in a lot of hours all that film study, being around those guys all day, like that is not for everybody. If I'm somebody like Dante Whitner, and I've heard people say, talk, uh, bring up Sherman too, like, oh, Sherman has a career in coaching when he leaves. Uh, no, Sherman's made for TV. Sherman needs to be on TV. and I'm pretty sure he'll enjoy enjoy that.
1: More he already than said that he he planned to go to the booth after. Yeah, yeah, he made a little comment saying, well, when I'm when I'm done out here, it's 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 the booth for me.
2: Oh yes, yeah, you know. So yeah, which I knows I that that would be the right route route for him. It's like, dude, I don't want to, you know, uh, you know, am I gonna get fired from this team or whatnot? Like somebody's gonna pay him a lot of money. He'll probably get paid more to be on TV than what he would get paid to. Uh, oh, one
1: hundred percent, and be, and I do think that Sherman could be on like Tony Romo's level. You know, maybe right. from a different perspective. But Richard Sherman's so damn smart, and he's so and like well spoken that he could step into a role like that and, and be really, really, really good. Because I always enjoy listening to him talk, you know, on the mic during press conferences. So right I think I think that's a smart move on his part.
2: Yeah, definitely. Go, go get in that booth. Way less stress. Fly out, mm-hmm. what, like a Friday or Saturday. You know, you fly out on the weekends and go talk. Even if it's not like doing what Tony Romo was doing in broadcasting games, um maybe it's just talking yeah, on, be on a NFL network. Fox Monday, you know, Sunday, yeah, pre- yeah. game preview, whatever, you know?
1: Right. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. I think I think that's like 100% what he should do. I mean, he would make a good coach. I'm not trying to say he wouldn't, but like, I just feel like he, he, he can, I don't know, aim a little higher if that's what you want to call it. Like he could, he could be succeed at that. And like you said, he'll make more money. He'll make, he'll make yeah. quite a bit more money and he'll have better hours. <laughs> Yeah, so, um, that stressful. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right, so we gotta get moving. We this is our, our mailbag podcast, as as any of our faithful listeners know. Um and we you guys bawled out today when it came to the questions. We have thirty questions on deck here. So we gotta roll through this pretty quick. Now before we do that, I'm and I'm not gonna we're not gonna elaborate it on it too much. I'm gonna breeze through the news real quick, kinda just keep you guys up to date. Um I'll try and get through this in like no more than like a minute. Okay, so um, the, Kyle Shanahan kind of told us today that uh, they don't expect Richard Sherman or D. Ford to be back anytime soon. Richard Sherman's se- injury seems a bit more serious than it was kind of initially led on to be. Uh, apparently, he's in a walking boot. And for somebody that's had Achilles issues on, on both legs, um, a, a calf injury can very easily affect an Achilles. So uh, I'm assuming that's why he's in a boot, so it doesn't give him a whole lot of flexibility. And so the 49ers don't expect him back until after their bye week, which I believe is what is it like week 11? Am I or I think it's week 10? And then they they would be returning in week 11, I believe. Let me make sure I've got that right for you guys. Yeah, it's no, it's week 11 bye. Um, so it, in front of them, they're coming up on the Patriots. Then they have Seahawks, Packers, Saints, and then their week 11 bye. So the 49ers don't expect Sherman or D Ford to to be back before then. Um, Trent Williams, uh, sprained his ankle and he's not practicing right now, but they did say it's not, it's not serious. It's not a serious ankle sprain. It's not a high ankle sprain. Um, I don't know if, yeah, uh, what his prognosis is for Sunday's game, but if he can't go, uh, Justin school will probably be stepping in who, um, although he was, you know, late round draft pick and he's had his flashes of, of not great play for the most part, he was pretty solid, uh, when he stepped in last year, when he needed to step in. So. That's not bad. Um Quan Alexander, Jaquiski Tart, and Raheem Mostert not practicing. Uh, Tart and Mostert, or was it Alexander? Now I'm looking at all three of them. I know a couple of those guys are expected to go on injured reserve, but they haven't done it yet because I believe no matter what, they have to miss three games. So there's no, like, benefit to doing it now versus, you know, Friday or Saturday. So we're kind of just waiting to see on that. And then lastly, the 49ers, 49ers made a little trade today. Made a little action. They traded for Cincinnati Bengals pass rusher Jordan Willis, who was a third round pick in 2017. Big old old dude. He's a beast, 6'4", 270 pounds. He was kind of like, even, wasn't he like, didn't he kind of flash a little bit with the Bengals?
2: I don't know if he flashed with the Bengals. Actually, I just saw somebody say that he had a pretty decent pass-fresh grade in 2019. I remember him coming out of college, out of Kansas State. Yeah,
1: me too. He's he's a um, big dude.
2: And he was somebody that I think people thought, because he tested well. And I just remember yeah. thinking, like, oh, he's going to be like a first-round pick. But he ended up being like a third-round pick. So, I mean, you never know right. how the draft is going to go. So, uh, right. yeah. I mean, since then, he's been on – this is his third team now.
1: So Right. So, I mean, I, I don't I, – who knows? Who knows? Uh, I mean, the 49ers must have saw something in him. But you also got to understand that they can't just go out and grab any pass rusher and they just decided on Jordan Willis. Like, like me and Crocker have said multiple times on this podcast, the great pass rushers aren't just available. And if they are, it's for an insane cost that the 49ers aren't really in a position to – acquire right now. Jordan Willis is still I believe on his rookie contract and if it's not on his rookie contract, he's at like a a bare minimum and he's, you know, he's somebody that they can that had some that had some tools, that had some traits that they can maybe Chris Casair can coach up and see what they can get out of him. You know, that's really all there is to it and it's somebody that could come in and rotate in and maybe hold his own. You know, I I no, I don't I don't want people out there looking at this like, "Oh man, the 49ers were trying to get a uh a premier pass rusher, and this is where they landed. Like, no, it's not like that. They're just trying to bring in somebody that can uh, maybe have an impact every now and then and be a part of the rotation and just, you know, just reinforce things a little bit. That's my take on it. Okay. Tracking down the mailbag here. All right, Croc, you ready to hit this? 30 questions deep? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Let me see. I'm trying to find the oldest ones. That's five hours, seven hours, six hours, eight hours. Six hours. God, I wish this was organized. Okay. F it. We're starting from the top and going down. Nope, we'll start from the bottom and go up. Started from the bottom, now we're here. Okay. Um, Carl Weezer at Carl underscore Weezer 3 How would you assess Eric Armstead's performance so far this season? And how about Javon Kinlaw? I mean, I think it have been pretty good. They haven't, like, blown the doors off of anything. I know that... Javon Kinlaw leads, leads all rookies in um, quarterback pressures, I believe. I think he's, our, I think he has like ten. Right, um, that's what I
2: saw. He was tied for ten with like uh, Chase Young, and there was a, like a linebacker. Right. Uh, I can't think of who, but there was a linebacker from like I think Ravens, maybe
1: I forgot. who. I mean, and Armstead has been good. I mean, he's 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 routinely in the backfield now he needs to get a little bit better at, at closing at closing you know he kind of like ends up chasing people a lot you know I guess that's one thing he could do but uh you know in the six games they played he he has a sack and a half um he's gonna be
2: tough for him to, to finish because you know there's no d4 and, and Nick bosa kind of you right know, pressing pressing the box and that that, that was how he was winning a lot last year where he, he would win his his rep just as he is now, but then there was nowhere to go. Like, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like now, you know, guys are kind of – there's no speed coming off the edge. Even Heider, as much pressure as he's gotten, he's, like, not fast at all. So guys can right. just kind of run away from him. So uh, I think that's what he's dealing with, man. I don't know if it's going to get too much better. They, they just don't have any anybody really forcing anything off the edge that, like, he needs because, you know, it all goes hand in hand. You have D Ford out. I mean, if you have Ford and Bosa out there, I'm pretty sure uh, Armstead's sack numbers, you know, go up. And that doesn't mean that he's any less or more effective. I mean, we saw that with Nick Bosa last year when D four was on the field. Like, his sack numbers went down, right? But we know he's still a monster. So you just need you need some other guys on the line with you. And right now, Armstead, you know, yeah, Ken Lott's playing well, but he's a rookie and still improving as a pass rusher. Um, Armstead needs a little bit of help, especially from the edge guys.
1: Yeah, I agree. Yeah, Uh, I think Armstead's been fine. I think Kinlaw's been pretty impressive for a rookie who was kind of considered relatively raw. So I I think, you know, I think that's and Kinlaw's made some freaky, freaky plays. A couple plays where you're just like, damn. So um, I think both are are are. are, I know it's not necessarily like a scientific term, but I consider both positive. You know, I don't, I'm not, I'm not disappointed in either of them. I guess. Okay, Zach Van Dyke, Forty Nine er fan, Zach attack. Has Jamichael Hasty shown you enough to get the bulk of the carries until Mostert comes back? Um, yeah. Yes and no. Yes and no. I, I mean, because I, although I feel like he's noticeably quicker or more explosive than Jarek McKinnon, I feel like Jarek McKinnon's also been good. You know, so I feel like the two of them kind of just deserve to split that role. I mean, Hasty has only seen a handful of carries, and he did look good. In those carries, but I think that there has to be a certain level of, you know, um, meritocracy to it. You know, he's going to earn the he's got to earn those snaps, and he has looked good in limited snaps. But McKinnon's done a lot too, and McKinnon's done a lot of hard work. Uh, you know, kind of that the dirty running between the tackles type of deal. So, I mean, but I, I would say sure, Hasty's shown enough. I just think that they'll probably if, if Monster's out, I think that they'll probably split them pretty evenly to avoid either one of them. Um, you know, wearing down.
2: Yeah, he he looks like a more dynamic runner um, with the ball in his hands. So I will say, like, there probably should just be some kind of like uh, easing in to that role. So even if he doesn't have as many carries as McKinnon gets in this next game, maybe he gets, you know, more than what he got last game. Which you know, I think that was a good amount, but maybe he gets bumped up to like 12 carries and they start to see a little bit more. Then it's like, well, okay, maybe he can get, you know, 15, 16 carries and kind of take over uh, the majority of the carries until uh, most of it comes back. You know, like, but I, I think he they have to kind of ease him into that role. I don't think they're just going to just throw him in there and say, all right, you're just going to get the bulk of the carries right away.
1: I agree. I agree. Um, John Wittrato, at J Wittrato. I've been asking this for some time. Finally, Kyle Shanahan changed his hat. My boys have our routines and our superstitions. Do you think Kyle should stay away from the gray hat? Do you guys have any game day superstitions? Um, I don't give a shit what hat Kyle wears. I'm not a superstitious guy. So I guess that answers the second question too. I I don't have any game day superstitions. Uh, I just, I don't know. I've kind of never just been that way as far as superstitious uh what about you crowd you've you've had a lot more playing experience than me you got any weird uh superstitions
2: nah, no not anything weird I mean I I feel more comfortable when I feel like I look good like when you know when I walk out there and I'll be like "Ooh, I know I'm clean right now I feel more comfortable like <laughs> on the field there's been a few times I remember uh one time when I was in junior college uh I was at Medellas Junior College at this time playing against Laney Laney College um and uh I wore these cleats. I don't even remember where I got them from, but they were definitely too big. So the mm-hmm. whole game, I was out there just feeling like everybody's looking at me like, "Why does he have these clown shoes on? These clown cleats on?" And that was just always in the back of my head for that entire game. So
1: um, I don't have Did you any have a bad game, but, huh? Did you have a bad game?
2: Nah, I, I ain't have any bad games in junior college.
1: <laughs> nah. No. I, uh, okay, dude, bro. I mean, calm down, man. I was just asking. <laughs> yeah.
2: But, yeah, nah, um, I know I felt weird, though. I, I felt weird the entire game. I just felt like everybody was looking at them, so. Uh, I don't think that's a superstition, but I guess that is something, you know. I do believe well, I mean, in, uh the the slogan uh, that, you know, uh, Deion Sanders lives by, you know, look good, play good.
1: Yeah, I feel that. I feel that. Well, and then you can tell I have so many of my players that, like, agree with that, too. I always kind of felt that that way you're talking about, too, because I was always six foot, six foot one. No, I wasn't even – in high school, I, I had my gross spurt in college. So oh, in yeah. high school, I had – like, yeah, when I left high school, I was like 5'9", 140 pounds, like pretty small. By the end of my freshman year in college, so essentially one year later, I was right around six foot, and I started lifting weights. So I was like 170 pounds. So in, in a year, I grew like three inches and gained like 30 something pounds and I was still very in very skinny and very you know I was I was ripped but you know and it was to the point where I I remember one time I went over to play Smash Brothers with some friends and um I walked in the door and they freaked out cuz I hadn't seen him in a while and they were like <laughs> they were like what the hell like like they just couldn't believe that in I think it had <laughs> probably been like 6 months since I seen him and they yeah. just were like looking at me like I was like an alien I was like I was like, "Hey guys, <laughs> they just were like staring <laughs> at me." <laughs> uh, it was funny. It was funny. Anyways, we got we got mailbag stuff. But what I was going to say was is even when I was smaller, I I my foot size grew really quick. I was like a 13 at the end of high school. And oh, so wow. I felt like I had I looked funny all the time cuz I had yeah. big feet and I'm just like short, like Like a clown. Anyways. Yeah. No game day superstitions for me though. But all right. Just J at Kasungju 16. Quentin Spain possibility. No. Not because I don't think he's worth – Quentin Spain is the guard that just got released by the Bills? Was that who it was?
2: Yeah, I think. So. Yeah, I, I saw that. Yeah.
1: Um, And the only reason I say no is because the 49ers have, like, no money. I mean, like, no money. They had to restructure Lincoln Tomlinson's contract just to be able to trade for Jordan Willis. Who's not even do a million dollars? The 49ers have like no money. So they can't, they just, unless they're That's willing what to Abbott part. you have
2: got a million guys on IR.
1: Right, right. Yeah. They, they The 49ers have like this on over the cap, it says 4 million. I can guarantee you it's not even there. It's less than that. They just, they don't have the money for any big things right now unless they're willing to part ways with guys um and even and they will have more money
2: if, next year i mean in the off season, but they've just had to bring in a lot of guys on one-year contracts um due to the you know just all the guys that are on injured reserve and especially now with the uh the three the three game ir thing you know they they can just put guys on ir then they gotta you know they continue to pay them then they can come back and they're paying them an active roster amount so yeah that that whole thing is kind of fluctuating up and down, but yeah, they'll they'll have more money come off season.
1: Yeah, but the only reason they have more money come the off season is because they're losing a shit ton of good players, so <laughs> they're gonna have to figure out what to do with that too. Uh, so it, it's just the 49ers are about as against the cap as you can be without being over it. So uh, they've got their work cut out for them when it comes to retaining uh, their good players. Um, Danny Bear at Danny the Bear. Who on offense do you see having a big game against the Pats? Any favorable matchups? Also, props to Rob on not kink shaming with the strap-on comment. <laughs> Remember when I, when I yeah. tried to say straps? and Yeah, anyways. Um, <laughs> we won't go back to that. You just have to go look. Um, okay, so here's what I'll say about the Pats and Bill Belichick. His game plan is going to be to take away your best player. So he's going to be giving somebody like George Kittle all the attention he can give him. And and Belichick praised George Kittle all week as as being one of the best tight ends or if not the best tight end he's ever seen. And this is a guy that coached Gronk, So, you know, it, it, even if he doesn't truly mean that, it's, he's obviously he admires his game. So I would expect somebody like maybe like a Brandon Iyuk. Uh I feel like. If if a defense had to focus on one of their receivers, they probably choose Debo Samuel just because he has a little bit more experience. So I feel like somebody like a Brandon Iuke, uh could probably have a big game because he's not going to have uh, what's what's their number one corner Stephon you know? Gilmore, right? He's he won't be on, but they, I mean both their corners are pretty good. So I mean if you're looking for an offensive, I mean he said offense, so it could and and the Patriots are good against the run too. So it's a tough matchup, but I feel like maybe Brandon Ayuk and if you really want to kind of step one more back than that, somebody like Kendrick Porn could have like five or six catches for 80, 90, 100 yards, you know, just because, you know. That's
2: who I would go with because a lot of what they do too is I think most people think like, oh, they'll just put Gilmore on the best receiver. Sometimes what they'll do is they'll put Gilmore on the number two receiver and then give two guys to the number one receiver, which... In ter- you know, that kinda might be George Kittle, where they'll 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 put Gilmore on the number two, give more attention, you know, like double, you know, whoever the main guy is with, you know, two other guys, and then whoever your third guy is, he has to, you know, be in a bigger role. They'll force him to, to beat them. So if right. if you're going by receivers, then yeah, it's either it's you know, probably Kendrick Bourne, he's gonna have to have more of a, a role. But 49ers too. I mean, they run so much 21 personnel. Uh, I don't know.
1: Right, right. Yeah, it could be. It could be running back. Could be somebody like Michael Hasty. I don't know. Um, Anthony Betazzato. Batizato. Bet- oh, man, I would I would hate to slaughter that, but it's a cool looking name though. At A B Zato. Excuse me. How do you guys see the backfield touches shaking out? Well, that depends on Jeff Wilson, because he's limited right now. Uh, after his calf injury that I think he was suffered last game or the game before last. Um, so he's – it depends, like, because they're going to want to work him in. Um, well, you know, since he's injured, I feel like the 49ers might view this as a good t- chance to really see what Jermichael Hasty is all about. So if if they kind of want to take it easy with Jeff Wilson, I think that we'd probably see a pretty close to 50-50 split between Hasty and McKinnon. That's what I see. What do you think? Yep, I agree. Okay. All right. We'll do a couple more. Then I'll get some some words. I was short because we
2: already kind of talked about it a little bit.
1: Right, right. Um, Raheem Mostert is a beast and is one of the most impactful players on the team. Do you think Shanahan used him too much on Sunday against the Rams, which possibly contributed to his high ankle injury? Absolutely not. No. Not at all. I don't think so whatsoever because Raheem wasn't used that much. I mean, he didn't get twenty plus carries. He didn't, you know. There's times when like Zeke or somebody like that gets like thirty carries a game, you know. And and Raheem was like half of that. And he
2: did get a lot of carries for like a half, but I mean, it's just a high ankle sprain. Like if it were something else, like a, a muscle strain or something like that, or Separated shoulder because he got, I mean, but it was just a high ankle sprain, man. It's just a, it's just a freak injury. So I, I can't, you know, you at any point you can get tackled wrong. Remember, um, uh, Coleman, Tevin Coleman got a high ankle sprain, what, what was it, like the on the first run of the first game last year? And he right. had a couple more carries, but then had to leave the game. Like, it, it, it can just happen at any time. So I, I don't think it has to do anything with how many, uh, uh, shoot, how did Jimmy Garoppolo get his? Like, it was one hit. Boom, got hit funny, and you know, so it's just, it's one of those things. I, I don't think it had anything to do with him like wearing down or anything like that. It, it's just a freak, freak accident.
1: And what's that's that's what's funny too is like you see that like somebody tears their ACL or you know, and that does kind of slightly lend itself to conditioning. But like somebody tears their ACL, somebody has a high ankle sprain, somebody you know, I don't know, fractures a bone, and then you'll see people going, yeah, they need to fire this strength and conditioning staff. I'm like. Dude, it's football, man. Like, you could have the best strength and conditioning staff in the world that knows things that nobody else knows, and you're still playing football. And you're still going to get hurt. Your body's not meant to play football. Like, that's why people tear their ACLs all the time. Because your body's not meant to just constantly be sprinting and cutting and, and moving. It's just the fact that humans can do it is why we play it, you know. It's... So it's, I don't think any Raheem having 17 carries, which isn't crazy. Uh, you know, he was just, there were some hard yards in there and, you know, he got tackled in the wrong way. And that was it. It's, it's kind of unavoidable. There's nothing you can do. Nothing you can do. Oh, we got tag him and bag him. Yeah, he's back. I, I always remember. And, it, and it, what's cool is his name is tag him and bag him. And then his, his handle is tagged him and bagged him. Like, like he already did it, you know, past tense. All
2: yeah. right.
1: This is for you, man. Croc's like, yeah, yeah, get to it. Has Croc reviewed the tape on J.C. Horn for South Carolina? Quarterback looks like an absolute stud.
2: I've watched him uh, – no, not this year. I mean, obviously I saw, like, you know, the the, the highlights from his game against Seth Williams, who I think – Seth, he couldn't see J.C. Horn. But uh, I did watch him against Alabama from 2019 – and he, he struggled a bit. I, I think he had trouble with those type of receivers, which I, I, I compare. I mean, I watch guys against LSU, against Alabama, because I know they have first-round talented guys. So when I, I want to see Jason Horn against those guys, and I thought he, he had a little tough time with those type of guys. I think he was way more comfortable running a guy like Seth Williams who can't beat him with quickness. Can't beat him off the line. He actually, from what I was told, he actually stepped up and told his coaches like, "Hey, I want to follow that guy." And so I love that type of attitude. Um, I love that type of confidence. Um, I do look forward to seeing more of his twenty twenty tape. So I don't have, I just don't have access to that just yet. So I'm waiting. I, I think maybe around Christmas time uh, I'll have more
1: access. <laughs> to it. Christmas time. All right. So before we uh, before we get to the rest of the questions, let's get in, a, get in a quick word from our sponsors. We're starting off with Indeed. And even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed's here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, can pause your account at any time and there are no long term contracts plus Indeed gives you powerful tools to make your search that much easier like sponsor jobs which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire and with thre- 73% of online job seekers 73 visiting Indeed each month Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need just like they have for over 3 million businesses right now Indeed's offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now, Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offers valid through December 31st. And we've got Pepsi. Pepsi. And thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day, because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi is made for football watching, and it's better than Coke. That's from me. So anyways, had to get my opinion in there. (laughs) Alright, so, okay, we're moving on. We've got Andrew moving on with the mailbag. We're still in the mailbag because we've got plenty of questions to come. We've got Andrew at Diatroptoff94. <laughs> um, I'm betting the Niners will trade for a pass rusher before the deadline. Who do you guys think that will be? Well, look at Andrew. He asked that eight, ag- eight hours ago, and then since he asked that question, the 49ers traded for a pass rusher. <laughs> I mean, it probably wasn't the stud that Andrew hoped it was. But maybe it could be. You never know. Maybe Jordan Willis just explodes into sacks. But-
2: yeah, there there were some people. Um, I actually had somebody ask me about, uh, what was it, uh, Kerrigan. And I think just kind of considering, I, I, I'm assuming just where Kerrigan is in his career, how productive he's been over his career, I, I think his contract will probably be a little too much for what the 49ers could take on right now. So I know people have to take into consideration the long-term ramifications of trading for somebody, you know, the better the person is, the more draft capital you would have to give up. Is there going to be a long-term commitment to that uh, player? Um, Obviously the salary cap and how that fits with what the 49ers are working with right now. So I didn't see Kerrigan kind of fitting what the 49ers' current situation is. Uh, Somebody like Willis, who right now they're just trying to see if they can get anything from an edge rusher uh, I think he kind of fits a, a little bit more right now than other people. And at some point, obviously we don't know when, but you know D Ford will come back, so you know that that will
1: help. Right? You have to. Yeah, you have to consider how much money the Forty ers have invested into the edge rusher position right now. You know they might not be playing, but the money still is there. You know they're paying D Ford. You know upwards of fifteen million dollars a year. Um, and then Nick Bosa, who was a number two overall pink. I mean, that contract's not small at all. So the 49ers have like over $20 million invested in edge rushers right now that are not playing, that are just chilling. So the, their options as far as who they bring in are just not very there's, – there's not a lot of them, you know. So, all right. Tyler, at Tyler underscore schlaughter, do you two think that Kyle is as much to blame for Jimmy's regression it felt in games such as the L.A. and New Orleans last year that Jimmy proved that he can get done, yet every week seems like the passing game becomes much more limited. Would you like to see Kyle get more aggro in the passing game? Aggro means aggressive. Um, Shoot, I don't know, man. That's To me, this is where I kind of have to take a step back and say, I don't know enough about football. I don't know enough about Kyle Shanahan. I don't know enough about Jimmy Garoppolo to – kind of say that Kyle's to blame, you know, like all I can go off is what I've seen. And I've seen, you know, I've seen Jimmy play bad football. I've seen Kyle Shanahan every now and then call questionable plays maybe, but it does feel like that the 49ers offense isn't really pushing the ball downfield obviously right now, but I don't really know who to blame, who's to blame for that. You know, I I, I don't know. I don't know. What do you think, Krop?
2: Yeah, I'm right there with you. You know, I think a lot of times when when guys regress, especially at the quarterback position, I want to say, especially if you've seen them play at a higher level. So we'll take like Baker Mayfield, for instance, right? His rookie year, not saying he played great, but he he played well. He came in, he gave them a spark. He looked good. He looked promising. There were guys that were like throwing him into like a top 10 conversation because they were thinking that he was going to be that good. And then he tanked it. I think a lot of times, like, that's on, that's on the player. You know, what are you doing or not doing to, you know, get yourself as prepared for games as possible? Like, you know, what are you doing in the offseason? Uh, you know, are you taking care of your body? Like, are you, you know, working on your weaknesses? Uh, do you understand the film, like, inside and out? So I don't want to say, again, like you said, you know, you don't know Jimmy Garoppolo like that. And, you know, what's I mean as of him. I don't want to say he's not doing those things. But when you see any type of regression, a lot of times I look towards the player because coaches, they coach, and they try to put you in a position to, to win. It looks like Kyle has done that, but, like, he's had to do that to such a dr- drastic uh, standpoint. Like, he had to really change probably everything that he wants to do and go to this jet sweep offense, <laughs> you know? I, I know that's not what Kyle wants to do, but he's trying to make some stuff work for his quarterback. So we'll, we'll see. But I I I tend to lean towards the player when you start to see some regression like that.
1: Right. Yeah. I I, and I think that's fair. And I, I think it's kind of it's on both of them to kind of work their way through it. If if they're not gonna like divorce, which they're not, you know, it's it's on both of them to work. It, it's on Jimmy to kind of you know push himself to to get to where the, he is a benefit. You know, he benefits the Forty ers offense, and it's up Kyle, up to Kyle Shanahan to continue to make adjustments to make it to where this offense can still produce. You know, so it's kind of on both of them moving forward. and, and if, and if you know, kind of throughout the season if they realize there could be a time where they realize that Jimmy's not the guy. Maybe they've already realized that. I don't know. But I think like right now it's just but on both of them to adapt and, and kind of improve if this team wants to have any chance at, you know, going anywhere this season. Um Carl Weezer at Carl underscore Weezer three. Will D Ford and Quan Alexander Quan Alexander be on the team after this offseason? My answer is no. What about you, Crock?
2: My answer is no,
1: yep, and that is not only I mean quan Alexander's been pretty good, D Ford for the most part has been i mean he's been good when he's on the field, but he just hasn't been on the field enough, and that is a lot of money between the two of them, probably close to forty million dollars between the two of them, um depending on like depending on how their cap hit is adjusted, maybe it could be somewhere between thirty to forty, so yeah, my answer is no um, Jerry Rice cake at Johnny underscore Hammo. When Coleman returns, who's the odd man now, Jeff Wilson or Jermichael Hasty? Uh, I think that probably depends on what we see over the next couple games. Kyle Shanahan didn't seem like Coleman was close, um, so I think we'll probably see plenty. We've already kind of seen a decent amount of Wilson. Um, we're about to see a decent amount of Hasty. I think that just depends on how these games go. If if Hasty flashes and, and looks good, I, I think that they would have no problem rolling with him over Wilson.
2: Yeah, I, I think guys, you know, there's always that you, you have the opportunity, and I've spoken th- about that like several times on the podcast. And right now, Hasty has an opportunity to kind of stake his claim and what his role is going to be. And we saw Raheem Mostert do that last year and take advantage of it, and look what you know, kind of what that's gone to. Uh, I think for Hasty, it's you know, this is your opportunity to kind of show like, hey, I should be on the field. And the team can go and they can evaluate and see where Coleman was in comparison to what uh, Hasty, where Hasty is, and what Hasty brings to the team in comparison to what they got from Coleman. And if they like what they saw from Hasty more, I, I think you'll see him start to get you know more carries, be active. We already saw him leapfrog Jeff Wilson, right? You know, think about, and that's probably something people aren't really looking at. Jeff Wilson was active, wasn't he? Last game?
1: Well, no, he was. I don't know if he was active. I don't. I don't think so because he had a he had an injury. You know, oh, yeah. he had that mm-hmm. that calf injury. So I don't think he was even active. But that's not to say that because I think I think Jeff Wilson got hurt against the Eagles. I have to I have to look. I, I should know this. I should know this, but I don't.
2: <laughs> it's all
1: good. I um. All right, so let's keep moving. I pulled up over the cap just to kind of look here. And and, and another thing is, is I believe Tevin Coleman is a free agent after this year. Uh, I believe he's set to be a free agent, which to me means I don't necessarily think he's somebody the 49ers are going to bring back or feel like they necessarily need to bring back. And, you know, they, they might look at, at, you know, putting a little bit more money towards Raheem Mostert, and they might look at the fact that, you know, they can take Coleman's money – Give it to Raheem, who's kind of established himself as the guy, and, and rightfully so. And then that, you know, somebody like Jermichael Hasty, who looks decent so far, who's an undrafted free agent and costs them next to nothing, those are the type of people you want as a backup. You know, so you kind of got to read, read between the lines and think of kind of like the implications down the road too if you want to kind of see how this backfield plays out. The 49ers might want to spend – a decent part of the rest of this season, figuring out what Hasty's got and what what he can what he can do in this offense. Um, submarine ride at Walt P. Grace. Can you guys explain why defenses switch between zone and man during games? Why switch instead of doing whichever you are best at? Croc, that's all you, man.
2: Uh, you switch based on a lot of. I mean, you call plays, but it's all about situational football. So if a team knows that you're a man all the time, then they're going to attack you a certain way. If they know you're in a specific zone all the time, then they're going to attack you a certain way. So, you know, you want to mix it up, give different looks. Give the illusion that you are a man, but then you're actually in zone. Give the illusion that you're in a zone, but then you're in some type of man switch. So you always want to just mix it up. You don't want to be too predictable. It's just like, uh, you know, an offense, you know, mixing up what they do. You know, it's like, Why do play action when you can just, you know, hand the ball off or do a straight drop back? You know, you just don't want to be as predictable.
1: Yeah, I think that has more to do with anything. Like, you just, you want to switch it up. You know, if a quarterback is expecting man coverage and all of a sudden it's zoned, that's why you get interceptions where you're like, what the hell was that quarterback doing? You know, like, because there's somebody where he didn't think there was going to be here. You know, a, a play that they drew up kind of to benefit from man coverage. All of a sudden, the defense switched to zone and it, it didn't work as well, or didn't work. So you have to switch it up. You have to give them different looks. Otherwise, like Croc said, they're just gonna they're gonna pick you apart. Um, uh, chap at chap or die. Do you think we will make any moves before the trade deadline? And what position should we upgrade? Um kind of already I mean I kind of already said this a little bit I don't think the 49ers well I'll I'll praise this Excuse me sorry I was I'm drinking flavored water that's like carbonated so I'm like trying not to burp into the mic it's bad but my wife drinks anyways.
2: that stuff I just can't do it but my wife drinks it what's what's wrong with you uh, yeah, I I can't I've tried it it just tastes like diet water
1: Well I just don't like I I I like soda but I know it's unhealthy so I don't want to drink it and this like sparkling water you get from Costco tastes pretty good and it doesn't have like a lot of calories or anything so i try to drink that but anyways we still got like 15 questions so the trade deadline is on november 3rd um so they got a, they got a couple weeks before that I, if if anything i'm i'm not going to get into specific players but what i will say is i don't think the 49ers are going to acquire anybody i think they're going to try and sell people okay i think you know by that trade di- deadline in a couple weeks They might have a better idea of what kind of contender they're going to be. They've got some guys that are coming up on the ends of their contracts. Or, you know, maybe they want to re-sign guys that are coming up onto their end of their contracts. So they have to, you know, move some guys around. So if anything, I feel like the 49ers are going to try and part ways with some players. I don't think they're going to try and acquire players. You got any – what do you think, Brock?
2: Right. Um, Well – I think if they were to acquire a player, it would just be somebody that can, like, come in instantly and play. And I think that that, that would be more likely somebody on the defensive side of the ball. And obviously, like, you know, what they've seen, you know, they, they acquired an edge rusher. Uh, that kind of could be the only position because that's where they're kind of depleted at, where they continuously have injuries. Um, everywhere else, m- maybe a linebacker, but even in, like you said, you know, Quan Alexander is expected to come back this year, so. Um yeah, and they're I think they're more than fine with Al Shayer and uh you know Drake Greenlaw, you know, with Fred Warner. And I wanna say the Mark Mark and Zoncha made it, right?
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, so I uh, you know, I think the only place I could really see them adding somebody where they felt like somebody would come in and be able to play was defensive line.
1: Right. Right. All right, moving on. Um at yeah, – sorry I lost lost my place. Okay. Uh Solomon S Rollins at S Rollins 497. Despite what looks like a resurgence for the team, do you think the Niners will, will be sellers before the trade deadline? Well, there you go. Solomon, I just answered your question before I got to it. Sorry, dude. I didn't know I was doing that, but I mean, at least you got your answer. Appreciate you asking the question. All right. Uh it looks like Jeffy could be Hefe um, at L Hefe. I think yeah, it's got to be Hefe. Is the draft capital more important to reload a roster than trading for weakness this year? Um, I think so, just because, like we've mentioned so far, the 49ers are, are really tied up against the cap. I mean, if they thought they were one player away from winning the Super Bowl again or something, then then I would have the inverse answer. I would, I would trade to address a weakness so that you can make your run. But I don't necessarily, I'm not convinced the 49ers are there right now. So I feel like, especially with their cap situation, preserving draft capital and, uh, you know, hopefully hitting on those picks and staying underneath the salary cap is, is kind of a little bit more important right now, in my opinion. All right. Okay.
2: Yeah. Uh, If you're going to, if you're going to give up draft capital, it would have to be for somebody that's going to be here long-term. And you can't do what you just did with Emmanuel Sanders again, you know,
1: Right. Yep. And I agree. And that, and, that, and that, given what the team was able to do, I I don't fault the 49ers for making that Emmanuel Sanders trade because of the fact that he was able to come in and have an immediate impact and they went to the Super Bowl uh, in part because of his contributions. And so that made sense. I don't fault the 49ers for doing that. If they did that now, I'd be like, what the hell are you guys doing? Like... You're not one wide receiver away, you know, or, or whatever position, so.
2: It, it, it would have to be, like, like, an edge rusher that they know they're going to lock up, and they just know for sure they're getting rid of D4, and, and like, if there was, like, um, let me think of somebody, like, I wouldn't even know who to say, because it's so hard to imagine, like, a good pass rusher being on the trade block, but, um, it's
1: tough dude like you just in Gunkway, right him. from from jacksonville
2: yeah. last year who you know people knew kind of wanted out or whatever the situation was but you knew you're gonna to have to pay him uh you know you would have to trade for a guy like that like right, that right. was like okay yeah he not only helps us now but in the future too kind of like what they did with trent williams you know where is okay we he not only yep. helps us now but we can re-sign him and you know he can be you know, a fixture in our offense. It, it would just have to be something like that.
1: Right, where you like would not, essentially not be swapping high. D Ford's contract out for this player that you traded for, you know, or, or whatever position, you know. It it would be tough to do, but it wouldn't be, you couldn't have both, you know. You would have to be at a position where you knew you were about to drop somebody, like a D Ford or something. So where are we at here? Dave, we got Dave. No, excuse me. Jay at Jay's Move eighty two. Thinking long term on the defensive side of the ball, which cornerbacks do you think the Niners commit to after the season? Um and is Dre Greenlaw a better weak side back than Quan? Um why don't you take take the first one, Crock? What cornerbacks do you think the 49ers would will commit to after this season?
2: Mosley and Verrett and Kalan Williams.
1: Yeah, they gotta keep him, man they got to keep him. And he's going to be a free agent. So, you know, that that that's your give and take right there. If Sherman's heading out, it's because they got to try and find a way to sign somebody like Kwan Williams, who is so still underrated. Like, still underrated. All right. Dave at DW Pena. What on God's green earth can be done to stop the continual questioning of Jimmy G's ability to be the starting QB for the 49ers? Uh, he just needs to play well. I mean, every time he has a bad game or makes a really bad decision, that's just going to be the reaction, you know. If he plays well, no one's going to say shit. That's my answer.
2: Yeah, and I mean, eye test will will tell you a lot, right? And I think right now you can look at the numbers and they look sweet, but the eye test tells you that there's something off. So once you well, kind of like get said, rid, like you
1: said, yes or last pod, dude, like you said, if 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 he's dropping back and you kind of cringe a little bit or you squeeze your hand or something, you know, then then something's not right. Now, there's Did you feel a lot like that too? A little bit. I'd be like, it was more of like a, oh, shit, here we go. <laughs> you know, like yeah. if you was dropping back and looking downfield, I was like, oh, here we go. And, and he made a lot of good throws downfield um, or, you know, a few, I guess you could say. But, uh, you know, you shouldn't feel like that about your quarterback. Like, you know. Yeah,
2: it, it was scary. Where I had like the opposite feeling with uh, Jared Goff, and even though Goff didn't play well, but it was like once he was sitting back there, it was like, oh damn, he's gonna air that hole out to Cooper Cup or <laughs> Robert Woods. Like you know, I had like a different feeling when he was dropping back compared to Garoppolo. So I just don't want to feel like that, and the fact that I do feel like that, that 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 means something. That means something. Right. I it don't know quite what. It means has to something.
1: earn your trust. He has to earn yeah. your trust back. Right. All right. D. Gase, at Dan Gates eighty three. How far are we from the land of we have three starting quarterbacks? I don't think we're there, man. I think that I mean, Spether played okay when he came in. Mullins, although you know, there's a lot of things that go into that situation. He wasn't great when he came in. The 49ers are paying Garoppolo a lot of money. He's considered by, you know, the team their teammates to be the guy, you know, and he's their leader. So I don't think we're anywhere near the land of, you know, quarterback controversy, we have three starters type of deal. Yeah. And
2: nah. Shoot, we really damn near don't know if we got one.
1: <laughs> I was just going to say, they don't even know if they have one starter. But I, gonna, I know what he's okay. saying.
2: I don't want to get on Jimmy Garoppolo. He's been getting beat up in the media I feel like there are a lot of people kind of making it a point to point out all of his weaknesses and stuff like
1: that. Like I don't want to. What the cool kids do.
2: Yeah, I I don't want to be on that. I'm just saying, me personally, that somebody that has defended Garoppolo to you can't defend him like I mean to the maximum. I feel a little weird when he drops back and throws the ball. I know Uh that Kyle Shanahan changed the entire offense um, and went to some other like gimmicky stuff. And and I just noticed it, and I can't I can't shake that feeling. Like for whatever, however, I don't know why I feel like that, but like I just can't shake it. So there's definitely something there. I don't want to make it seem like I don't have faith in him moving forward. I think I'm just knowing who he is, and he's more a little bit, uh, a little more aggressive, Alex Smith, in the sense of do we, I mean do you remember why they they made the switch from Kaepernick? I mean. I know why they made the switch from Kaepernick to Alex Smith. I, I, Alex Smith wasn't their guy. They drafted Kaepernick. Kaepernick, um, Alex Smith had one more year after, and you had to see what you had in Colin Kaepernick. Well, and Kaepernick. Alex
1: Smith got hurt. And then once Kaepernick yeah, but no, and, and I played mean, great, they were like, okay, we're going to stick with this.
2: Yeah, but, I mean, that's not – because I think that was probably the best that Alex Smith had been playing at the time he got hurt. And then he got hurt, and it was like, oh. You got a concussion, but let's milk this out for another couple of
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Let's see what this guy Kaepernick does. And well, I think he comes in against hit. the
1: Bears and just starts dropping dimes in that first yeah. game. And everybody was like, damn.
2: And you could just see that he was
1: just it, – it was more explosive, a more dynamic offense. And I think
2: when I'm looking at Jimmy Garoppolo, the dynamicness – I don't know if that's a word, but the dynamicness now. and explosiveness of the offense has to be manufactured by – Kyle not so much Jimmy does that make sense
1: oh it makes sense yeah yeah
2: yeah and that's something where it's like you know your quarterback is not dynamic can you improve on that and it is hard because I do think that that Jimmy is a starting quarterback I just don't know like what's what's the ceiling and are we there and if we are there then that's an issue because Everything has to be schemed, and there's going to be a certain point in the game where you're just going to need your quarterback to make plays for you, and 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 not just uh oh I'm gonna throw a, a three yard out to George Kittle and him run fifty yards against the Saints. Like I mean, like really make plays. Like can Garoppolo can consistently do that? And right now, I'm just more afraid of him just throwing the ball. I, I don't even know why I feel like that. But it just feels weird. So that, that's all I have to say about that. I'm sorry I went on a little mini rant. rant. Oh, no,
1: no, you're good, man. I, know, I see good. a lot
2: of people getting on him in the media. I, I don't like that. Like, I don't like – I feel like people are just making it a point to, like, show his faults and talk about how bad uh, uh, Kyle Shanahan doesn't like him or he's not feeling him. Like, I don't want to do that. Like, I don't want to, like, just get on him like that. I, I'm just – you know, I just personally – I just feel a little funny. That's all. <laughs>
1: just feel a little funny. We'll leave it at that. I mean, that's scientific. Jed, at Jedone, Jedone. Um, Hi, Rob and Eric. Hello, Jed. Here is my question. How improved was the O-line against the Rams in pass protection? Were the guys really good or at least decent, or were they just as bad as before, but the defenders didn't really have time to reach the QB? I mean, I've seen a lot of stuff getting broken down on film by some of the O-line guys I follow, and from what I saw, they were just good. There were plenty of reps where it was like Daniel Brunskill versus Aaron Donald one on one. They 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 double teamed him way more than they left him one on one with somebody. But Brunskill held his own against Aaron Donald one on one, and they looked good. You know, they, it wasn't flawless, but it was good. Like I, I, I've seen it being broken down by people that know way more about O line play than me, and and the the general consensus was it was just good. They improved. I don't know. Sunny Black, at Sunny Niner, with Ben Garland going on iron, and Rich Barn- Richburg not coming back anytime soon. Should we trade for Alex Mack? Or do we go after a pass rusher? Fallow, Beasley, or maybe Kerrigan? Maybe Alden Smith? Man, that's a lot of good names in there, you know. Um, Vic Beasley, Dante Fowler, Ryan Kerrigan, Alden Smith. Well, obviously, at this point, we know who they went after. Wait, isn't any of those guys. um But I don't think they're going to trade for Alex Math- at Mack. Isn't he super old? Isn't Alex Mack like super old? Uh, let me I,
2: I think he was even a little bit older when when he went to the Falcons when uh, when Shanahan
1: went and got him. Right. Let me see. Yeah, he's he's 34 now. So you know, I I don't I don't think that they would make that move. I I just I don't know. I think the Forty ers are just gonna they they want to win, but I think I don't think they really are in a position to make big moves like that. It's just it's too tough for them right now. I don't know. Like I said, I think things would be different if, if they felt like they were, you I know, mean, maybe they do. Maybe they feel like they still do have a realistic shot to make a run, but, the, you know, it, it's just, it's been a rough season. So I, I, it's hard to tell what they're thinking back there with the amount of injuries they have and the amount of salary cap they don't have. Like, there's not a lot on the table for them. Right. Uh, Batman Bates Buck at same thing. Varet has to remain the field corner. Verrett has to remain the field corner even when Sherman returns and Sherman plays the boundary, right? What do you think, Krupp? You know, I've been really
2: weird with this whole, like, field boundary thing, but I know one thing, like, if, if, if Sherman can play it well, and obviously Verrett's been playing it extremely well, I think you go back to doing what they did before and just have left right. And, you know, at some point Sherman's going to be in the field. At some point Verrett would be in the field. I would kind of just go that route.
1: Right. I feel like Brett's at a point right now where he's going to be good at either spot and, you know, just have Sherman do whatever he wants to do.
2: But I think if they, you know, if you just made me pick, I would say that they would have Sherman to the field.
1: Yeah. Okay. Jet McKinnon, CPOY, comeback player of the year. Is this the offense this year? Is this, is this the offense, this year's offense? Okay. Or will you... Is this offense, this year's offense, like, is it going to stay like this? Or will we eventually see them pushing the ball downfield? I know a lot of things went into the, the game. Aaron Donald, Jimmy ankle, and just a confidence booster. But even in his best start this year, Jets, it was quick throws. It's true. Um, I hope they start pushing the ball downfield. Like we said this week, and I just want the receivers to be able to make cool receiver plays. You know, like, I want to see somebody – take a post to the house or a slant to the house or, or something like, you know, get these guys just catching the ball downfield. But, you know, you don't want to necessarily force stuff like that, especially if for some reason, Jimmy Garoppolo can't make the throw. But I mean, damn, man, you want to at least see this offense open up a little bit, but I, it's hard to, to to say after the Rams game. I think we'll, we'll see. I mean, the Patriots defense isn't exactly the team to just open up and let it fly against because they're very respectable, but you know, we'll see. We'll see how they approach this. Um, Ver, Verrett is my hero at Steve Mares too. With all the uncertainty of the COVID season, where it can literally end at any given moment, do you guys foresee the Niners making any big splashes during the trade deadline or any major signings? I feel like we've kind of covered that, Right. Right. You know, I, I don't mean to, to to blow your question off, Steve, but I mean we we've kind of talked about that so far. Hopefully you've been listening. Um, I just I just don't I don't feel like they're in a position to. And if I and like I said, if, if I feel like there's going to be any significant movement, it might be players that are on the way out. Um, Josh, at Sharks Josh 95. Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, and Russell Wilson are the type of mobile QBs that the 49ers have struggled against in recent years. Is Cam Newton considered to be that type of mobile quarterback, or is his style of quarterbacking different compared to those three? Uh, you know I think, what?
2: Hold on. I got, I, got, I got something to say.
1: Okay. Crockett, we we oh. need to
2: start this question. Did he say Lamar Jackson, Murray, and, and Lamar Jackson? Is that what he said?
1: Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, and Russell Wilson are the type of mobile quarterbacks that the 49ers have struggled against in okay. recent years. Okay. I don't think the 49ers struggled against Jackson though.
2: No, no, but I say this. And I've said it before on the pod. Everybody struggles against those quarterbacks. Like, you know, like it's really hard to contain them. We're talking about Russell Wilson who's the, like leading MVP right now. We're talking about Lamar Jackson who was MVP we're talking about Kyler Murray, who just – I don't know how many yards he ran for on the Cowboys the other day, but it's been, like, a consistent thing. Oh, yeah. And I know he ran mm-hmm. for Yeah, you, you can look. Like, this has been, like, a consistent thing. Like, those guys are extremely difficult to defend. And, again, I, I think is you know, everybody points to the 49ers and, oh, they're struggling as mobile quarterbacks. A lot of people do. A lot of teams. Most teams struggle. You kind of got to pick your poison. Is this how his guy is going to beat us? You have to look at it that way. Um, but to answer his question, no, Cam. Newton, well, Cam Newton. Yes, yes, and no. He's mobile, so anybody that's mobile, they can. And, and the play breaks down, they can, they can make a play with their legs. So
1: he uh, he ran for seventy four yards, ten carries, seventy four yards, uh, seven point four yards a carry, and he scored.
2: Yeah, see what I'm saying? Like that is just it's tough to defend the quarterback that could just just take off. <laughs> and Kyler Murray's doing that against everybody <laughs> so it's not just really 49ers
1: I do think Cam Newton probably is closer to that style of quarterback than the other way like immobile we've already seen Cam Newton take off and score and, and pick up yards and first downs uh, yeah they're using legs. him on like so, quarterback
2: powers too like right like the yeah, other quarterbacks no, a, they're not doing that I mean where it's just like I'm getting the ball and I'm running it, like you know, even Lamar Jackson, there's some fakes, there's some uh, read options, zone option type stuff, uh, but in, but with Cam Newton, I mean, they're getting in doing quarterback powers with him, so that's that's even, I mean, they're using him like a running back.
1: Right. Yeah. No, he's it's it's definitely something they're gonna have to account for. He's Cam Newton's probably one of their best running backs right now, so it might be their number one running back. So it, it, he's definitely a thing. Um, Frank Perez at Batman24559. Who are you from, Fresno? Um, do we trade for Alex Mack or JJ Watt? No. Neither. Don't have the money, man. They just, they don't. They to, if they want to trade for somebody like JJ Watt. They would have to, to trade away or cut. So, like, a, a few players to make room for that. Like, they, they really are at this point. I know there's kind of like the running joke. Oh, salary cap isn't real. You know, whatever. You can make it work. They're at the point where they cannot make it work. You know, they, They have to be very careful about how they go about this. And that, like Crocker said earlier, just has a lot to do with how many injuries they've had and how many guys they've had to bring in to replace those guys. And they're still paying the injured guys, so that contract doesn't go away. So, anyways. Um, So, I don't think so, Frank. Sorry, man. Alfonso Valdez at Gonzo7V. Hey, fellas. My question this week is, who do you think, if any, would be back next year? D. Ford, Quan Alexander, Richard Sherman. Bonus question, 49ers recently reworked some contracts to free up money. Is that for a possible trade or to extend Warner, Williams, or another cornerback? Um, so, first one was, who do you think, if any, would be back next year? D. Ford, Quan Alexander, Richard Sherman? I am going to say none of them. What do you think, Kroc? I agree. Okay. 49ers recently reworked some contracts to free up money. Is that for a possible trade or to extend Warner, Williams, or another cornerback? Uh, it was for... The trade that they just made to get Jordan Willis. He was, I think he's cost them like 500 and something thousand, and they freed up like just over a million. So, I mean, I guess they could try and do some more things, but it's not going to be any big, big old splashes. Uh, Jeremy Mil- Milabas at JMail53. What current starters on the 2020 team do you think won't be in 49ers uniform next season? Especially guys, any contracts like Juice, Tart, Quan? Um, if, you, if you threw Juice. Tart and Kwan at me. I think quan is the number one priority there. Excuse me, K one, K one. I think he out of those three is the number one priority. I like Tart and I like Juice a lot, but if you if you're, if you're presenting me those three, my priority would probably be K one by a lot, then Juice or excuse me, then Tart and Juice kind of near each other. I don't know. Probably probably Juice would be. Uh, an easy third, I would say. I don't. I don't. I'm not down on the. Yeah. I don't dislike the fullback stuff. I think he has a huge role in this offense. But I mean, if you if you had to, if one of them had to be expendable, you know, that's what I would say.
2: Right. Uh, yeah, I think so because you can kind of scheme a, away from that, right? You can kind of Kyle Shanahan being the mastermind that he is. You know, obviously, like Juice does a lot of good things in his offense, but you can kind of change and maybe go to more three receiver sets or something like that like there's ways to offset not having the fullback you know he it would just look a little different
1: right and the, and the 49ers what's the guy from Fresno State and I should josh hokett uh he's kind of a freak athlete and he was like the 49ers 49ers the bulldogs short yardage back and and a lot of people like him a lot he hasn't even been playing football a long time or or you no it's the other way around he, he's been playing football for a while and he, and he one of the one of the sports he hasn't been playing a lot i think it's football. And, but he he's also like an all state wrestler. Like the dude's just like a a freak athlete. And so you know if they really had to part with somebody like Juice, then you teach that role to somebody else. And and it's you know there might be a downgrade there, but if you have those are the choices you have to make. Um, a. a Ron at Burn Unit. I'm starting to think that Jimmy will not be Kyle's guy long term. or Regardless if he plays better this year or not, seems to be too much of an emotional roller coaster. For Kyle Shanahan. Do you think Kyle would rather trade for a veteran, Matt Ryan or Matt Stafford, or draft a replacement? Whew. I don't know, man. That's a lot to unpack right there. It's our last question, too. So.
2: That's a good question. Uh, That's a good last question. Um, I'll say this Stafford is intriguing because I don't think we've ever seen him in the best of situations um, in comparison to anybody else, right? Um, he's still relatively quote-unquote, young. Like, he's not shot in his ability. He actually is a little bit more athletic than I think giving credit for. Um, He can make plays on the move with his legs. Obviously, he has a big rocket arm. I, I think that's the – I've been kind of against the 49ers going out and acquiring, like, uh you know, uh, worn-out tread Ron, Matt Ryan and, you know, those type of quarterbacks, uh, Kirk Cousins, we know who he is. But Stafford – that's pretty intriguing now with the Lions give him up. And also, he makes a good amount of money. I think he's higher paid than Garoppolo. So, yeah, you know, those are things that you kind of have to take into account. But out of all the guys that they, I've heard, you know, 49 bring in, even, I mean, throwing like Dak Prescott, like I'm more – I've that's that, Matthew Stafford, that's a good one. I think he could take this off his delight high heights like you know what I'm saying like it would look like you know how we talk about the receivers like man, I just want to see receivers do receiver things they do a lot of receiver things with Matthew Stafford back there so that's intriguing I've been on board with drafting the quarterback but uh Stafford definitely that's very intriguing
1: yeah no that's a great question that's a great question to end on um I don't necessarily think that Kyle is convinced that Jimmy's the long-term guy. Do I think that Jimmy Garoppolo could still win Kyle Shanahan over? If that's the case, yeah. I think that depending on how this season goes and what they accomplish, uh, I think that he could kind of, you know, at least get to a point where like, hey, we're going to stick with him. And, and unless we really have somebody else out there that we feel like we have to have, then we're going to stick with, with Jimmy because we can win with him. You know, so unless the situation presents themselves Presents itself that's just too tempting, whether it's a rookie or somebody in the draft or or somebody that might be available. I think that that Jimmy could could make himself Kyle's guy, you know, kind of in that in that rate. Like they don't necessarily. I think that he could play good enough to where they don't think quarterback is a need, but you know, you never know when someone else comes around. What you know, how they're going to approach it, and that could be that. I mean, they even looked into Tom Brady you know and they ended up determining that they were better off going with Jimmy Graflow. So they're not they're not they're not against, you know, looking around. That's for sure. That's for sure. All right. That's it. That's it, Croft. It's another mailbag in the books. We did it. We did it. Yeah, I mean that was it's a little yeah, a little longer than we're used to, but I mean I, I'm I'm always prepared for that when it comes to the mailbag, but um, I got to give it up to you guys though. Like you guys came through. I even, I text Crocker earlier today. I was like, man, I was going to put out a, uh, another tweet saying like last call for questions. And then I realized we had 30. <laughs> so I was like, I don't need any more questions. We got more than enough. So to all of you guys, hopefully if you asked a question, you're listening. Um, if you're listening right now, I, I appreciate the fact that you guys come in here and you ask us your questions. Um, it makes the podcast better. Um, and it's just, it's just, it's nice of you to give us your time and, you know, whether it's typing out the question, thinking of the question, typing it out or jumping in here and listening to the podcast, waiting for us to answer your question. Uh, it means a lot. And I appreciate the facts that you guys have taken on a role to help us make this podcast better, if that makes sense. So, um, I appreciate it guys. It, it, it really does, does mean a lot to both of us. So, um, I think that's it for the appreciates. I mean, make sure that you guys are... Obviously, if you ask a question, you found us on Twitter. If you're listening and you haven't found us on Twitter, make a damn Twitter if you don't have one. Find us. Ask your questions. Be involved. Be a part of it. Um, man, I think that's it. I'm like, I'm like... I'm in that feeling where I feel like I forgot about something. You know, and like, right when I hit stop recording, I'm going to be like, Ah, oh, Crocker! we But I don't know. <laughs> I think we're all right. I think we're all right. But... Thanks again, guys. i appreciate it. Uh, But for another day, this is Striking Gold, signing out.
2: Peace.
0: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you.